right there, man. Number five. Great job. Great job. Hey, listen to me. Never easy, right? I don't care what the score is. We got one more point than that. That's all I care about, man. Right? Finding a way. Finding a way every week. I told you, man, this, this week right here was the most important week of our season, right? My character in this locker room right here, man. My character. Get your chins up, man. I'm so proud of you guys. Keep finding a way. Finding a way. Hey, good team from the ugly ones, too, man. They're not always going to be, gonna be pretty. On our mind is number six. That's it. Number six this week. Well, three, one, two, three. Four. right now. Hey, we're live. Everybody got me? Live. Let's go, baby. Every man do their job. 111. Playoff caliber defense. Let's go. No overthinking, right? Go play some ball. Go play some football. It's an exciting time to be a Buffalo Bill and a fan of the Buffalo Bills. Welcome into week eight of the Sean McDermott Show, presented by Connors and Ferris, your workers' comp attorneys. I'm Chris Brown, filling in for Steve Tasker. Coach, thanks for joining us. Your defense got back on track against the uh, Jets with six sacks and two picks. How much confidence do you have in your defense after a performance like that? Yeah, I think that was a confidence-building performance by our defense, in particular our defensive line. Uh, we go as they go, and, and it was good to get back on track and into a rhythm there, in particular that second half, end of the third, end of the second quarter, and then into the uh, third and fourth quarter. You uh, held the Jets to four total yards, zero points in the second half, as you know. Three of your six sacks and an interception came in the fourth quarter. It was the first time this year you held a team scoreless in the second half. What's your message to your defense? or at least what was it at halftime that led to the turnaround? I thought Leslie Frazier and our defensive staff really did a great job with making uh, critical adjustments uh, in the locker room at halftime, and the players went out and executed at a high level. And more than anything, I would say, Chris, just the mindset, the mentality that they took into that second half is a critical ingredient for us moving forward as a defense. Jerry Hughes kind of took over the game on that final drive with a sack and then the game-clinching interception. Got his first two sacks of the season this year in the interception really couldn't have come at a better time. What kind of impact has Jerry had on your defense this season? Yeah, he's been rushing extremely well and playing at a high level overall, both the run and the pass game. And, and uh, it was good to see him uh, reap the benefits of all of his hard work to this point. So uh, we hope there's uh, much more of that to come as, as we look forward to the future of this season. And then with Levi Wallace and Josh Norman both out with injuries, rookie Dane Jackson made his first career start at corner, and then had an interception and two pass breakups. How great was it to see him have a performance like that right off the bat? Yeah, so cool to watch. A young guy come in, seventh-round draft pick, and do such a great job, ready to go, took hold of the opportunity, and really impressed. I thought he played well at a high level, and, and the players around him played well. They did a great job of communicating and, and playing good team defense. Speaking of rookies, Tyler Bass tied the franchise record with six field goals on the eight attempts that he had, including a career-long 53-yarder in the second quarter, and then he followed it up with a 48-yarder right before the half. What did you see from your rookie kicker in what was really a breakout performance? Well, we counted on him. We put him in some uh, critical situations, some planned, some not planned. The one before the half, I thought, was a, was a high-level kick, you know, coming in, executing what like we did on offense with 
just two seconds to go and then and making that big kick in, in, a, in a small amount of time, high level execution. And then the kicks he made down the stretch, you know, big, big, big time kicks. So now it's about consistency and, and you know, him continuing to work through the fundamentals that go with the job. Looking at the offense now, Cole Beasley had another strong showing, 11 catches, 112 yards. Five of his receptions went for first downs. I mean, he plays a key role every week, as we know, in this offense, but obviously a much bigger role with the 12 targets against the Jets. Why do you think Beasley saw such an increase in workload? And obviously it worked out well, but was he, was he just a product of what the Jets were giving you guys in terms of the defenses they were playing? Yeah, a little bit of both, Chris. You know, with, with Cole's uh, instincts and feel for zone coverage and, and Josh and the way he trusts him and, uh, they were doing some different things at times and, and uh, you know, taking away some of the outside receiver game. And so we were going underneath at times, which I thought showed a lot of poise by Josh and Brian Dable. And then uh, the execution at a high level with respect to the uh, connection to Cole there. And speaking of Josh, he had his first game without a touchdown this year. He's been enormously productive for you, obviously, but he was still over 300 yards passing for the fourth time this season. And he was also your leading rusher for the second straight game with 61 yards on the ground. How would you evaluate Josh's performance against the Jets this past week? Well, like I said earlier, I thought he was in, in, in control of the game, in control of the down. We got into the red zone. We were driving the ball, got into the high red zone, the fringe, as some people refer to it, and, and we had some negative plays, some, some self-inflicted on our part through penalties, and then also they uh, created some on their end. So we got executed at a higher level, but overall I thought Josh saw the defense the way he needed to see the defense, was, was accurate. Uh, with his throws and, and took what the defense was giving him uh, most of the afternoon there. So, uh, and then he made some plays with his feet uh, in, in design runs and scrambles as well. So good to see. I thought a good overall, you know, mature performance from Josh and one that one that I think will send a message to, to others that we are willing to play that way if that's how we're going to get defended there. Thanks very much, Coach. We'll catch up with you later in the show to get your final thoughts on your matchup coming up here with the Patriots. Chopping Wood is presented by St. Bonaventure University, the official education provider of the Buffalo Bills. Welcome back to the Sean McDermott Show. It's time for Chopping Wood, where our good friend Eric Wood breaks down all the tape. Eric, the Bills' defense stepped up big in the second half against the Jets and took control of the game. How did the Bills' defense get back on track here in Week 7? Well, especially in the second half, they utilized some blitz schemes that were extremely valuable. A lot of them hit home, and that was a big difference for the Bills. They were able to put a lot of pressure on Sam Darnold. They brought pressure from all three levels of the defense. Let's start in the first half here, where the Bills brought Jordan Poyer on a blitz. Yeah, this is a great concept by the Bills, and Jordan Poyer is able to come free off the edge, and when the Jets are in these tight alignments, you can disguise pressures better. It, it benefits the defense. There's obvious benefits for the offense to run them, and there are certain plays you want to run out of them, but because of, uh, of their alignments, Jordan Poyer's able to disguise this blitz longer, and really, 76 had no shot of blocking him for the Jets. All right, then in the second quarter, the Jets were driving with under a minute, and the rookie, Dane Jackson, came up with a big interception that set up a field goal right before halftime. This was a great play by Dane Jackson in his first game for the Buffalo Bills. He drops back in coverage, a really savvy play by him, and this, was, this came at a huge time for the Buffalo Bills. They needed 
to get a stop here. They couldn't allow the Jets to put more points on the board. It also gave them the ball back with 40 seconds left and allowed them to put points on the board. Uh, you know, my only critique, young man, get your feet together. You got all these offensive linemen <laughs> on the field and you got blockers ahead of you. Go make a play, son. All right, moving to the second half now in the third quarter, Leslie Frazier continued blitzing defensive backs and brought Dean Marlowe on one that led to a sack. So again, this is uh, a condensed formation for the Jets and they use play action here. And this is something that Leslie Frazier will utilize and it's called rush to cover. And so as these guys on the end of the line of scrimmage, the two tight ends, as they block, the two guys that have them in man-to-man, -man, they will fire. So in that instance, the defender can either, when your guy blocks, you can either sit back in, a, in more of a zone, maybe a robber coverage, play the middle of the field, or you could fire and really put pressure on the quarterback. The Bills this game utilized a lot of man-to-man -man defense, and that if they were able to add on to blitzes like this, and it's extremely tough for the offense uh, when you're adding on and the guys can react as fast as Dean Marlowe did there. Then the fourth quarter comes around, Eric, and Jerry Hughes showed up big time. Let's take a look at his first sack of the game. So I always say it takes two guys to make a sack in the NFL. We see Josh Allen avoid single rushers all the time. And here the Bills line up in their double A-gap package with Milano and Edmonds in the game in those A-gaps. They fire Taron Johnson off the slot. And by doing that, he comes free. Darnold is forced to step up in the pocket early. And Hughes, which is who's constantly applying pressure, always working throughout a game, is able to get the strip sack there, almost a fumble recovery for the Bills, which would have been an even bigger play. The Jets were backed up a few plays later in a first and 20, and Jerry Hughes wins against the right tackle for his second sack of the game. Well, they're at first and 20 here because Jerry Hughes drew the holding penalty to play before. And then, I, like I mentioned before, it takes two guys to make a sack. The defensive line applies pressure and forces him up in the pocket. And when Darnold comes up in the pocket, there's Jerry Hughes waiting on him, comes back under the tackle. And that's just pure effort by 55 there. And honestly, at a time where the Bills defense needed to step up for the offense in a game, I thought that Jerry Hughes, one of the veteran leaders of this defense, did a great job making plays. And Jerry wasn't done because on the next play, he puts the nail in the coffin with an interception. Yeah, Jerry's a good athlete, and this interception, though, didn't require a ton of athleticism. Jefferson applies the pressure. He's double teamed, gets pushed into the pocket, gets his hands up, bats the ball, and at that point, it goes right into Jerry Hughes' lap, and he seals the game. And just really happy to see Jerry get so much production yesterday because this is a guy that plays with constant effort. And on the defensive side of the football, there's times where the breaks just don't come your way. You know, you can work as hard as you want, you can beat your man, and the coverage isn't there on that play, and so the ball comes out. And then another play where you actually do get blocked, well, then you're spotlighted because a play goes down the field, someone's able to complete a ball, and they blame you. Well, congrats, Jerry Hughes. It all timed up well for you this week. You had a super productive day, a couple sacks, a forced fumble, and an interception. Way to go. Well, after a performance like that, it'll be great to see if this defense can keep rolling against the Pats this week. Thanks for all the insight, Eric. Absolutely. Good job, Chris.
Maddie Glab here with this week's game preview. The 5-2 Buffalo Bills will host the 2-4 Patriots, who rank third in the AFC East for a Week 8 matchup. A Tom Brady-less Patriots have had a tough go on offense through eight weeks, ranking 29th, averaging only 19.2 points per game. They are near the bottom of the league when it comes to passing yards, averaging under 200 a game, which ranks 28th. Their sweet spot on offense lies on their run game, ranking fourth, averaging 155 rushing yards a game. Even though the Patriots defense looks far different this year. They still rank 12th, allowing an average of 23.8 points per game. After suffering two straight losses, the Bills bounced back with the division win against the Jets in Week 7. The Bills' offense is averaging 24.9 points per game, good for 20th, and ranks 6th, averaging 270.7 passing yards per game. Bills quarterback Josh Allen had his fourth 300-yard passing game this season against the Jets. Allen and his trusty receiver Stefan Diggs rank fourth in the NFL in two different categories. Allen has 2,018 passing yards so far, which is about 65% of the passing yards he had in 2019. Diggs ranks fourth with 603 receiving yards and ties for fifth with 28 catches for first downs. The Bills defense came alive in the second half against the Jets, and the stats prove it. Buffalo went from being ranked in the 20s to the teens in several defensive stat categories after allowing only four net yards to the Jets in the second half. Their defense ranks 18th overall and 15th, allowing 25.4 points per game. The Patriots lead the series against the Bills with 76 wins and 43 losses. That's this week's Game Preview. Thanks very much, Maddie. Coach, you're 5-2 overall, 3-0 versus the AFC East. You're currently in first place in the division with your first matchup with the Patriots coming to town this week. How important are these division games here in the first half of the season? Yeah, they're, they're important just like every game, uh, but also important because they're in the division and, and this week at home. We have a lot of respect for every opponent, uh, in particular the, the reigning division, division champ. We've got a good week of practice in store for us. We've got to make certain improvements to our football team, give ourselves the best chance to win not only this week, but every week as we move through the remainder of the season. Here. This is your first time facing the Patriots without Tom Brady at quarterback, but they have a guy you know very well in Cam Newton. How will he make it different preparing for the Patriots than in years past? Well, a different style offense because of the style of the quarterback. Uh, very good player, and uh, we have a lot of respect for him. I've been around him before, as has Brandon and some of the players on our team. So. You know, we've got to we've got to play and control our quality of play in order to uh, to have a chance to put ourselves in position in the game. Thanks very much for the time, Coach. Good luck this week against the Patriots. We'll be back next week to break down the game with the Patriots and preview the Week Nine matchup with the Seahawks. Thanks for watching the Sean McDermott Show, presented by Connors and Ferris. We'll see you next week. Go Bills. Final thoughts is presented by your local Toyota dealers. The Sean McDermott Show is presented by Connors and Ferris, your workers' comp attorneys. By Independent Health, you deserve the red shirt treatment. And by your local Toyota dealers.